Welcome to Two Peas in a Podcast, where two very different women have the same mission. Get ready for rants, venting, laughter, truth bombs, and fun facts with your hosts, Felicia Soria and Laura Morell. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast. So today we have an exciting episode where we're talking everything about mindset shift on nutrition. Let's get into it. We love everything nutrition and all the crazy fads and everything in between. So I actually would love to start talking about generations. So Mm. both Laura and I come from families that are very, I'm going to go food driven, somewhat food driven. Yeah. Um, I obviously come from a European background with a uh, Italian mum who our life was always brought up on like breads and pastas and potatoes and we don't know how to have one meal we always have to have five meals so um, I think it's really interesting uh, when I talk to my mum about food because she's always sorry mum if you listen but she always brings up comments about I need to go on a diet I need to go on a diet and for Lent every year, she's going to hate me talking about this, but for Lent every year she always gives up bread and sweets. And mm-hmm. it's like she can't seem to control herself enough that she always has to give that thing up during Lent. And I know people give up things during Lent, but it's just interesting to me, and I'm sure some of you guys also feel, is how our parents have spoken about food from our young ages and how we've taken on those thoughts and they become part of us too. Yeah, absolutely. And look, our, my family was quite similar. We actually came from a different background. So my parents are from the Seychelles, where not many people have heard of. It's actually a tropical island. And so we grew up on mainly pescatarian, so mm. lots of fish, lots of curries, just super healthy food. So I didn't witness it so much growing up, but it wasn't until mum mainly went through, sorry, mum, if you're listening. <laughs> under the bus here I think it was more so when she went through menopause that she noticed the changes and then started fearing the bread started fearing the portion sizes started fearing the food yeah up until that I don't really recall a lot of comments or anything like that it was pretty I came up with a really balanced lifestyle so I don't know it my eating disorder didn't come from my family which I know is very common but it definitely was presented when her body started to change through menopause. That fear of carbs was there, the fear of protein. Yeah. Petrified of eating protein because she's scared it's going to make her bulky. So there's definitely a lot of fear. There's, yeah, so much fear. It's really quite interesting, I guess, coming from the Italian side of life because in Italy, they will eat pasta every single day, pasta with a piece of bread. That's their lunch. And then at dinner, they have, you know, a salad and a piece of meat. Um, and for breakfast, they often have like a sweet breakfast, like, a, you know, a, a croissant like or something. Yeah, a bit like the French. <laughs> and it's so funny when um, like the generation of my mum are like, how come we're so fat? Like, mm-hmm. um, because we live in a Western world where we not only have the pasta every day, uh, we have the McDonald's, we have the sweet breakfast, we have the five lunch, you know, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks. We have all of these extra meals and we move far less than the Italians do. Mm-hmm. So in Italy, they 
a lot of them don't own cars. So they're walking to the bus or to the train station. They're walking to work. They're walking home. They're walking to go and get their groceries. So they're actually using energy rather than being sedentary, which is why they can consume so much of the carb-dense foods and not really put on a lot of weight. So, um, you know, I guess going on to that change in mindset, we live in a very different world here where we've adopted that kind of American lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. So we want to have the European, but we want to have the American. So together we're just basically only eating carbs. And moving less and less. And And moving so little. I know in Europe also the gluten is very different. Now I can't remember or I don't, I don't know if you know more about this than I do, but people react differently. So they 100%. don't have a gluten reaction as they do down here. They don't put the pesticides on it. Like it's actually illegal mm. in Europe. So, I, I mean, I could be wrong in saying that, but I'm pretty certain that it's illegal in Europe that they don't put the pesticide on the wheat okay. uh, for the gluten. Where here we do, which is why in Australia, so many people who have gluten intolerances, so like myself, eating pasta that is like gluten, Mm. I can break out in hives. But in Italy, I've had no issue. And at one point I was eating pasta like for two weeks straight. So really we all need to move to Italy is what you're saying. Absolutely. (laughs) We need to to go live there by the sea. We need to change mindset. We need to change country. (laughs) We need to change countries. So, yeah, it's quite interesting coming from that European family that is very driven on carbohydrates because that's what we've grown up with. You know, we obviously yeah. have lots of meat. We have lots of food. It's not a great thing, but we have lots of food. But we, we when, like, I guess when the families came, they had their European way of living, but then they started to keep their European way and adopt this, adopted this Western American way mm. and everyone started to get fat. Yeah, there you Absolutely. go. It kind of is the history behind the generation and generation gap in the nutrition education and, I think the big contradiction is we're living in a world now where we have access to so much education, whereas they didn't have that back then. Yet we are struggling with much more health issues, um, dieting issues and, you know, obesity and just unhappiness with our bodies. But we have so much more education and sometimes it's too much. Yeah, I think it's about finding the information that you can absorb and understand. And I think, I guess that's why we're here, right? Because we want to dumb it down a little bit and give it to you all. So um, if we move on from generation, um, what would be some of the biggest issues that you find with your clients when it comes to changing their mindset? Yeah, so firstly, their idea of what health is. Their idea is general. Now I'm very much generalizing here. Usually they think when I'm like, they're like, okay, going to get healthy salads. I'm going to have a salad every meal. (laughs) So someone's idea of what health is, is generally under eating. Yeah. Generally not putting enough calories because they're now going for two boiled eggs for breakfast and a chicken salad for lunch and maybe a beef salad for dinner. Yeah. So they think take out carbohydrates and just replace it with salads, which is obviously very low. We have this fear of food groups, don't we? I think the biggest mm. two for me are definitely carbs and fats. Yeah, absolutely. But then I have so many women afraid of protein. That's so interesting. Yeah, so it's like, well, the only thing you don't fear is air. <laughs> it's not water. Air. At least they're staying hydrated. Air, water and coffee. <laughs> 
But I guarantee you, like, if you live off those three things, you won't have a very happy life or healthy body. So I think that's a massive um, misconception because their perception of health is so distorted Yeah, because that's what we're told what to do and how to diet, whether that's from Instagram or previous coaches or that's what their friend did. Um, And that's what leads us to so many eating disorders. So this is why we have such a all or nothing mentality because that's so restrictive. Who can have just salads for three meals a day or not have carbohydrates? Like it's exhausting. I'd throw the pin in and like, I don't reckon I'd even last a day to be quite honest. Like, you know, we, we've gone through comps and I remember I told you guys uh, my first comp the last week was whitefish and asparagus mm-hmm. and I gagged every time I opened my container. Like I was like, this is not living. This is not enjoying anything. So I think it's, yeah, it's so important that we learn that like there really shouldn't be a fear food. Like if you want to eat sweets, you should eat sweets. But mm-hmm. I guess we just need to understand you know, is that cake going to serve me as much as having, you know, a nice steak with some roasted potatoes, side Mm. of green veggies, whatever else you want to put on there? Is that, you know, like what's going to serve me better? That's going to be that kind of instant gratification compared to a nice, slow, full feeling that slowly digests and provides me the nutrients. And I guess, you know, there's no right or wrong. Like I'm going to have a cake this weekend and I'm not going to feel bad about it. But I have it in moderation, just like everything else should be outside of the realm of, you know, I guess what we consider healthy. And if we dig deeper on that too, what is fear? Like this is where my brain goes when we have these conversations. I get real deep. I think about like how does a food group give us fear? Mm. Fear means we're scared of something. What are we scared of? And nine times out of 10, it's because we're scared of gaining weight. Now, how do we gain weight? Eating in a surplus. And the other way we gain weight is if our health is somewhat compromised and we're going through things like insulin resistance or metabolic adaptation, which I'm sure we'll touch on in other episodes. But understand what your fear is. And let's just go with a fear of putting on weight and work through that with your coach or practitioner. Mm. Be educated on how you actually put weight on because it's not eating 1,900 or 2,000 calories. We put weight on when we have the all or nothing mentality and go on week-long binges, eating packets of chocolates. That's where we start to put on weight. It's not three or four good meals that include carbohydrates. I guarantee you that's not where the weight is going to come from. So one, understand what your fear is. And two, be educated on on how that fear actually happens. Yeah, so true. And I guess I would put the question to you for anyone listening going, but how do I get over my fear? Say they're Mm. not working with a coach. Like what would you recommend to them on how to... I guess, work through that fear. So let's let's just say weight loss is the fear and, yeah. sorry, weight gain is the fear <laughs> and not weight loss, weight gain is the fear and, you know, the fear is also eating carbohydrates. How would you deal with that client or so, just anyone that doesn't have a coach to move forward? Firstly, it's a bit, and I go through this a lot in the first modules of my clients because it is super common. Firstly, it's like if you have got a fear of a plane, the only way to overcome that fear of flying is to actually know how safe the plane is 
and get in the freaking plane and see that you're not going to die. Well, let's just hope it's one that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, the only way to, because fear is your imagination. Mm. It's your worry about the future. So if we've got a fear of flying, we're worried about the plane crashing. We're worrying about all these future things. So we need to get back in the present, number one. And then two, we need to be educated. So yeah. that's the only way to overcome fear. I can't say just eat it. Any coaches out there just keep because they don't maybe have the education to explain it to a client. If they're just saying, just eat it, I recommend getting a new coach, to be honest. But that it's that coach's responsibility to explain, look, this is why you need carbohydrates. Yeah. It's actually going to fuel your body because let's go with an example of something I teach my clients. So if we're not putting glucose into our body, your body will then start breaking down its own protein, its own muscle tissue to then create glucose to make your own um, energy stores. Yeah. But then if we're breaking down our own muscle tissue, you're going to have a lower BMR. You're going to burn less calories at rest. So all of this will happen because you're cutting out carbohydrates. So once you understand that, it's like, cool, well, I don't want to burn less calories. So yeah. try it. Yeah. Just try. But education is the biggest thing here, because what happens is if we're forcing our clients to eat, you know, carbohydrates and they have a fear, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, actually, that fear that we have can actually send a stress response. Yeah. So how you see food. Yeah. So tune into the last episode if you missed it. How you see food actually changes the way you metabolize it. That can indirectly cause digestive, digestive issues or um, inability to lose weight or even potentially weight gain. So be educated, understand about the fear, whether that's carbohydrates, whether that's fats, yeah. and then have the courage to do it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, and I say this to my clients or not, a lot, what you're currently doing is not serving you. You need to do something else. Otherwise, you're just repeating Yep. And what's that saying? The more you repeat the same thing for the same outcome, you're insane or something. Like, yeah. Got it wrong, but it's something along the line. It's something like that. The more you, uh, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing. And yeah, there's another quote I really like. Every day you've got two choices, repeat or evolve. So if you just keep repeating the same diet, you're just going to end up in the same position. Correct. And you obviously don't need a coach to learn these things. Like YouTube has so many fantastic um, educational videos on basically anything like I go to YouTube for a lot of um god there's like a functional functional med school that's on there and I basically like search any like if I'm looking at carbohydrates or glucose insulin resistance I literally type it in and it'll like do this amazing diagram and just educate me and it's in layman's terms so it's not scientific it helps you understand in terms that you will understand. So, you know, um, do your own research. And even if you do have a coach and you're being fed something like, oh, just do it. But you're like, I don't relate to that. Like one, maybe move on. But two, do your own research so you can, you know, kind of push back on that coach or and have a bit of your own um, yeah. response. You don't always have to agree with what your coach says. We like a bit of um, conversation. 100%. And that's but what I love when my clients ask me, oh, but why? Oh, but I yeah. read this. And nine times out of right. 10, they're debunking what they've heard. Yeah. But I love that they've researched and read and learned yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just had a client message me about, 
you know, protein, what has more protein, red meat or white fish? And mm. I mean, from my learnings, it's red meat. But at the end of the day, who cares as long as you're eating protein? Exactly. Like, you know, it's it's about meeting all of your food groups and meeting the energy requirement for your specific body because just like training is complex, so is your nutrition. You are not the same as someone else. And you may have a fear of a certain food group that we need to work through, but you may really require that food group if you've neglected it for so long. Your body needs that nourishment. Mm -hmm. And we need to look at every client differently. 100%. Like if I think about um, my sister and I, I work really good on carbohydrates. She doesn't, not as much. She's more tolerant to fats and she metabolizes fats a lot better. So same DNA, same mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, mum. Sorry, mum. I've really thrown her under the bus today. <laughs> the milkman. And, um, no, but on a serious note, same, same DNA, same genetics, but again, just very different body types. So yep. she metabolizes fats well. I metabolize carbohydrates a lot better. So every, and I know even with my clients, like every single one of them is just so different as well. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a huge thing. Understand your body and just understand what works best for your body as well. Yeah. Couldn't agree more there. Um, and I guess the last thing that we could delve into is, and I'm sure we've spoken a little bit about it is how controlled society is by food like how controlled are we by food well think about it you want to meet up with your friends what are your go-to things to do coffee brunch dinners lunch and then you think about what do we see on instagram instagram diets meal plans training everything is so saturated by food it's everywhere it's literally everywhere so we do live in a society where it's all around us and I think we somewhat have to start learning how to do things outside of food so for example like I'm huge on going bowling I'm huge if you watch my Instagram you guys will be updated on your volleyballing now I'm volleyballing now yep we still haven't won a game (laughs) (laughs) but we try every week Um, you know it's about doing things I mean me and two of my girlfriends we're going to go play archery next week so I know it's really really random but (laughs) so yeah you're so right the whole out society and this is why a lot of our thoughts I actually did this is cool one of my clients so she's um previously was very food obsessed so this is this was her eating disorder, constantly stacking, constantly thinking about food. Every time she had a thought, she had to write down, whether it's about her body or about food, she had to write it down. Over the course of one day, there was over a thousand thoughts on food or her body. That's her thinking about it. So imagine how many subconscious thoughts or thoughts that she had, she didn't pick up to write it down. Wow. That's just her being self-aware. So yes. We do live in a society that's so food-focused. We absolutely do. And I would love for us to, like you said, step away from that a little bit and really find other things to entertain ourselves with. And there's absolutely Mm. nothing wrong with 
you know, going out for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, um, love it. You know, we love we love eating. We love eating. I don't like eating with Laura because she's way too slow for me. Uh, but we really? love eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and obviously, food is what helps us function. But shit, there's so much more life out there. Like. I wish that so many more girls would get out of their own minds about food and stop obsessing and, and you know, know that in 10 years' time, if you work through this process, you'll be like, wow, what was I even worrying about? Like, I think about this all the time. You know, when you think about you're in year 12 and everything revolves around BC and you're like, my world is going to end if I don't get an enter score of 90. Mm-hmm. And then you're like me and you get 62 and you're like, shit, what the hell am I going to do with that? And you know what? My whole world changed. I went down one direction and I came back at another. I'm like, the world doesn't end. You just keep evolving. So I really hope that as women especially, we can learn to respect food, but we can also learn to love life outside of food. Yeah. And it's interesting because even on my application form, I ask, what are your hobbies? And in my biofeedback every week, they talk me through what they did for their hobbies each week mm. because one of my pillars is fun and enjoyment throughout the week. Fun and joy is my fifth pillar. So every week these girls have to talk to me about what they did to bring themselves joy. And initially at the start, and uh, what are your hobbies? Usually it's I don't know or it's brunch <laughs> or it's, uh, I don't like, I don't know is probably the most common because we lost I don't have one. the art of hobbies. Yeah, we lost the art of hobbies. And ladies, if you're listening, I really have a think about it. What are your current hobbies? Yeah. Outside of dieting, outside of going for brunches, what do you participate in that brings you joy and happiness? So because we work, if we're not working, we're thinking about our diets. And that's all we have. We work and then come home and think about food. There's nothing else in there to bring us joy and happiness and um, personal development, work on a skill, get better at things. So think of your fundamentals and add joy into it, add hobbies into it. So if you're thinking about starting a hobby or getting back into one, tell us below. Can they comment on podcasts? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure sure there's somewhere that they can comment. So wherever you are listening to us, or jump back onto our Instagram and comment uh, what your hobbies are. And if you take anything from today, guys and gals, it is changing your mindset on nutrition, that nutrition doesn't have to be scary and that we should all find some other hobbies to do because it's important to entertain ourselves. For me, it's walking my bloody dog a bazillion times, taking it for a run. I love going down to the beach. Um, yeah. I'm going to start a style of dance soon, which I'm not going to say because it's going to be nice. a dance at my wedding. So it's a oh, secret. Oh, I'm so curious. So the secret. But you Can know, we like, have a clue. You can't. No, I'm so <laughs> okay. It'll be okay. My clue is it'll, this is so off topic, but my clue is when you see it, you'll be like, that is so you, but you won't expect it. Hmm. Hmm. think on that one (laughs) so uh, no I'm not stripping so on that note guys we hope that you find a hobby and if you're not doing a hobby comment somewhere and tell us what hobby you're gonna start doing because we want to cheer you on and we look forward to seeing you at our next episode amazing thanks guys Bye. bye